alcoholic until he found Christ and transformed his life completely and then spent the rest of his life dedicated to ministry. My grandfather was the director after my great-grandfather passed away. My father was the director after my grandfather. And so I grew up in a beautiful place, 600 acres, horses, two lakes, tennis courts, um, dirt poor. <laughs> so my classmates didn't really understand. I uh, didn't have the best clothes or anything, but we lived in this place that looked like a country club. There were influences in my life from living at Keswick. Many of them um, were positive ones. Had all the advantages of riding horses whenever I wanted to and um, having the, the location that was beautiful. Uh, we heard all the best speakers come in for the conferences. We heard the message of the victorious life. Um, this was a, a center that was the victorious life movement headquarters. What I assimilated and what the underlying message was, unfortunately, was a lot of legalism. You have to do this, you have to do that, you have to act right. You're the daughter of the director, so behave yourself and go to the right schools and uh, go to church every time that the church doors are open. Or in my case, it was at Keswick, there were services all the time. As a child, people would come to conferences and then they would go. And people would come and work on the staff and then they would leave. And so much of my life was influenced by the fact that people came and went all the time. And I would just grow to enjoy someone, become friends, and they would be gone. And I would never hear from them again. So much of my childhood was spent withdrawing and pulling back from the hurt of, of people that left me all the time. I lived my life in books, pretty much. My mother would limit me to one book a day because I read fast and um, really enjoyed that. So I was surrounded by a lot of people, but I was very lonely. And grew up with a, a mom who loves the Lord, but is a very critical person. And she influenced my life so much in the sense of not feeling valued, not feeling special, not feeling like I could ever really achieve a whole lot, um, lived in fear. And so as I went through college, I graduated from Wheaton College, a wonderful school, and then I was like, what am I going to do? My background was in biology. Um, I ended up in two very disastrous marriages in which I experienced physical, emotional, um, and verbal and sexual abuse in the second one, um, and made a number of disastrous choices of relationships uh, to fill that hole in my soul that even though I was a strong believer, I thought, uh, for all those years, there was still that hole um, that I felt like God had said Jesus um, to the world for the whole world. And that I was just a little tiny blip in that world. I did not believe that Jesus would have died for me personally. He died for the whole world. And so those series of disastrous choices and things had taken me down into areas of shame and guilt and remorse that I never, ever envisioned being in. And um, God changed my life through 
things, but two main ones is I met my husband Joe, and um, he's a very unusual person. Uh, in fact, we have a friend who said to us after we had dinner with her, he is the most unusual man. And, and I have to agree with that. The, the love of God shone through him so evidently. And I could see somebody who had been in the dregs at the bottom and who now was completely transformed. And I wanted that. I wanted to know. I knew I was a believer, but I didn't know um, God in a personal way that felt the love of God. Uh, I used to cry for that. Where are you? Why are you so quiet? Why do you allow me to make these choices that I make? And it was just silence, it seemed, for so many years. When I began to understand um, more about this life from Joe, the pieces started to fit. And I liken it to, you get one of those thousand-piece puzzles, and you don't have the cover for it. And so there's just a lot of pieces. Well, I had heard all the pieces for years and years and years. I knew the verses. I knew the doctrine. I knew all of that. But it's like finding that cover to the puzzle. Oh, okay. That makes sense. The other aspect of that was then coming to GFI. And when I came here, one of the things that really perked me up and... and, um, revolutionized my life was hearing the idea of the new past. In 2 Corinthians 5.17 it talks about old things have passed away, behold all things have become new. And John talked about the new past and I thought, what in the world is he talking about? I have never heard this before. And as he explained it, it became obvious that it's not that we didn't do those things, but we are no longer identified by those things. And that was like a burden rolled off my back. I did not have to be identified by the fact that I had been divorced twice or that I had made wrong choices. That was not my identity. My identity was in Christ. I was a princess of God. And that I knew for the first time probably in my whole life that God loved me. And that was revolutionary. And um, God has not only changed my life, but he has allowed us the privilege of going into ministry with him, uh, joining him where he is working. And so we are um, field staff with Grace Fellowship. Uh, Joe talked about some of the projects that we do with Excel uh, Project. But one of the areas that he has really blessed me to be a part of is working with women who have children in addiction. And we have a ministry division that we call Love Them to Life. You know, we talk about we love our kids to death. Oh, I would do anything for my kids. I just love them so much. I love them to death. No, we want to love them to life. And what does that mean? How do we as moms who have kids in addiction, and, and we end up being oftentimes the chief enablers of our kids. Uh, we do that because we've nurtured them our whole lives, and so it seems like we're nurturing them, we're helping them, we're helping them get out of trouble, and, and what we're doing is we're killing them. And so we are starting a ministry of uh, support groups in churches, um, working on a curriculum right now, which is near 
record and completion, thank you, Lord, um, to be able to take that to the churches and say, okay, we can train the facilitator, send them to GFI if possible um, for this type of training, but to teach them what it means to truly love your kids um, in the face of addiction. So we are so blessed to be here, and thank you so much, Sean, for this time.